Put it like this. I'm always a sharply dressed guy. If I speak in court, you know, I have the finesse of how I interact with the judges and the magistrate. Now I come and say uh, a client or a senior partner or senior advocate lady has been handling me in ways that are not meant to be done. That is meant for my girlfriend, wife, or uh, my partner. So, why do men not speak? My friends, one, peer psychology. If I speak about this before the rest of my peers, they will be like, ah, hey, you get it. Hi, my name is Sophia Rajablatepan, an advocate of the High Court of Kenya and the creator and host of the Dear Law podcast. Dear Law is a project focused on using storytelling, feminist, and survivor-centered approaches to bring to the fore the sexual harassment experiences of women in the legal profession and the prevalence of sexual harassment in the workplace. While the Dear Law podcast is focused on the legal profession, we recognize that the experiences and stories involving the harassment of women cut across all professions and social spheres. You should be aware that because this podcast is about sexual harassment, we will be talking about a difficult subject matter that might be disturbing for some listeners. This episode also contains and explores other mature themes. Therefore, listener discretion is advised. I recently sat down with two male colleagues in the profession, and one of the things I was interested in finding out with regard to sexual harassment was, do they acknowledge there's a problem? What's their take on the issue? So, let's begin. A female lawyer walks into a courtroom. There's a lady who wore heels. She entered court. She had a miniskirt before they changed the rules of how to dress. Miniskirt with double slits. She had nice heels. When she entered, the judge asked male advocates, we escorted her to her seat. <laughs> And imagine court is supposed to be proceeding. <clears throat> court became quiet. So we decided let us use our eyes mm-hmm. to satisfy ourselves and go like, oh, okay, God. all right, this is looking nice. If someone is attractive, someone is attractive. Okay. Because, hey, wanna say, macho <laughs> hayana pasia. Macho hayana pasia, it's true. Yeah. But then that's the thing. Yes. It's just like, at what point in time, and this is the thing that I'm asking you men, mm-hmm. as, as, mm-hmm. as men who are in the profession, yeah. we're litigating together, yeah. right? Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. And even reflecting on that, that mm-hmm. scenario that you pointed out, yes. that lady is having a good day. Oh, she, right. She's, she's mm-hmm. dressed exactly. apart. Mm-hmm. She's Thank looking you. good. Yeah. And why not? Yes. But then now, you, you, even you, <laughs> were part and parcel of the eyes that were yes. staring, right? Mm-hmm. And then we also now blame women. Like, yes. Why are you dressing provocatively? Why are you... But for a woman, like you're saying, and, and I'm heading somewhere, there's a difference between the woman who puts on, who puts on a skirt below her knees and above her knees. Oh. There's a difference. And if you're going to be honest about <laughs> it... Now, this is where I'm heading. And I'm not just I'm just I'm being very honest. Now, this is where I'm heading. Wow. You... And what is that difference? The difference is, and I'm almost certain, if it was the other way around, yes. you had a woman who had a not-so-fitting dress or skirt, maybe was putting on flats, she would not have attracted as many eyes in the courtroom. Victim blaming. It's a concept that always seems to bubble to the surface in varying forms when it comes to sexual harassment. 
evidence consistently shows that sexual harassment follows the contours of inequality. Targets are often those who are habitually denied equality rights and justice. And perpetrators tend to be those who enjoy privilege and power and are shielded from accountability. Now, let's go back to that courtroom. I was part of it. I will not deny. Court stopped session because of, damn, she's hot. She's dressed in a fire. The only problem I had afterwards was like, now, every time she will stand up. Yeah. It became, even me, I am a dude and I'm like, ah, pana, we can't continue to have luck. Because it's, number one, the judge is becoming distracted. Number two, it became too much. Now, people now started speaking to her. Not of my caliber. The older caliber. And why do you think that is? Now, you're dealing with all councils. This is a habit they have. I will give you something I will remember when we went to Mombasa until it became so pissed off. It's just because I was talking at the the phone. Mm. As part of the process of coming up with the LSK anti-sexual harassment and bullying policy, the Gender Committee travelled around the country seeking views from different members of the Law Society. And Kelly recalls a very interesting moment. Now, you're dealing with all councils. This is a habit they have. Because one guy stood up and said, do you know that through my harassment of my younger advocate, that she is now my wife? You know, I was like, my friend, let me hear your opinion so that I can be able to understand what it is that you're thinking. When you're dealing with the older generation, as I may call them, they have this tendency. We are out to get them. I'll give you another example. The seniors, our seniors. Yeah, look at it like this. Mm. Do you remember like when, uh, is it parliamentarians wanted to change the age of consent? Of consent. Wapeleke 16. You know the reason why? Go to Kilimani, Lovington, Kileleso. We know they are dingy places. Okay, not dingy as such, but they are dingy places. Those massage parlors. Oh, yes. And they also have, there's a block, there's a house, there's an apartment just somewhere. I know that I'm a frequenter, just that I keep myself. No, it's okay if you know the location. I just keep myself You can say it was for research. So, such places, they're used for that. Because I interact with all walks of people. And you realize, the older generation... Everybody's up against you because they see it, it will expose them. Secondly, hey. they are like, if I put it in my farm, the young advocates who have been frustrating, then they'll be able to expose me. Because when I talked to the younger people, they're like, we are grateful to have this. Only one problem. How are we going to implement it? Because you see, they know I'm a young advocate. I'm in a farm. I'm dealing with senior partners. These people are the ones who have the voice. How do we move forward to protect our interests? Right. Yeah. You know, in like like in life, right. there are very many things where you're like, look, I'm, and I'm not saying it's a case. I'm just saying there are very many things where you're like, okay, it's a rite of passage. Like, and it's in so many things. I'm not even just focusing on the sexual harassment. On so many things you're told, we're stop making noise. As right. It's a rite of passage. Be easy. Mm-hmm. So the question I'm asking is, did they go through it? Mm. Were they sexually harassed? What do they consider to be sexual harassment? That's another thing. Uh, because you might find that for that generation, somebody making an advance is not particularly sexual harassment. For us, and I like calling us gays, <laughs> Nairobi of apps. <laughs> <laughs> we, for lack of a better word, are exposed. Mm-hmm. We do not read just what is in the law. 
we have seen situations we are exposed in terms of whether you've watched TV mm. or you've traveled to the western world or you've read books or you've read magazines so you realize and you understand look that is not right you approaching a woman is not like that but do you know the shocking thing is that even very many people who are either mothers or sisters mm. because of that lack of exposure yes. they end up doing these things mm. our socialization determines how we accept and tolerate sexual harassment tolerance silence acquiescence and victim blaming take hold and become the norm when it's part of everyday life inequality is very difficult to see codes of silence protect the perpetrators so how are these codes of silence ingrained in us are they learned or inherited in life we we are brought up in such a situation where by um I will behave the way my father has taught me. I will emulate the same way he he is. I'll give you a, a personal experience of mine. Now, I have been brought up in a strict, harsh, rude, violent, messed up home. So where you see that the man that you call your father is the person who as you say objectifies women, he makes them an object and a subject of his emotions he does not show love he shows violence so let's look at it this way 15 10 20 years later i have grown up i have passed the teenager i've gone to campus put it in a mindset that you see in this world nobody else is changing how i react to something so for what i've grown up with i will take that mantle and say if my father did it then it's okay i've had an experience also with a client um uh, a son what his father used to do was he used to beat up his mother so much and this girl was like this is normal so this guy there's a time i was called by my former boss hey kuna this guy the mother and asema ameshikwa na polisi now i understand the mother's love i i always appreciate it but then the problem that i had is this every time this guy was in trouble the mother will bail him out And why was he at the police cells because he had beaten up his girlfriend. This guy every time he's in trouble he's been bailed out by the mother. I understand the emotional connection. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. But then I was like how will this man learn? How? Now to bring it now to the current realities. I'll give you one of the key things that made me want to become an advocate. How we dress, how we talk, how we drive good cars, have fancy homes. That is the mindset I had because that was a dream that oh was trust me you see these guys are talking you're like damn I want to be like these people but then you see the problem is like the way we are having issues with the older generation when they say these things happen to us it is like is the common norm this is what I realized most people care so much about how the outside world sees them not how we are seeing ourselves In light of section 42 of the Sexual Offences Act, I sought to find out how my guests understood the concept of consent. Consent. Yes, what is the consent? The permission to engage or to do something. I'm just figuring out. Yes, when a woman right. says no, what does the man actually hear? It is more thrilling when the woman says no. Because you see, challenge. If, <laughs> you see, the problem that we have as men, uh, our problem with our egos Yes. Is the biggest is the biggest problem. To Konai as the biggest problem. If yes. if a woman says no, my interpretation will be she said yes. 
So now that's when the sexual harassment becomes persistent now. Yes, because, because it's just like the the first no wasn't enough. Yeah, then it's just know. like oh oh I like this one. She's not easy. Mm-hmm. So let me try again. Yeah, because you'll be like, Alisa, what no size? That pose You try it a second time because you're like whatever she said. It is it it has now. I need to up my game to get where I need to go because most times we are more of. I have seen, I have liked, I want. I want. It doesn't matter how. I want to get it, I need it, I shall have it. If I'm given the concept, it'll be like, ah, man, that is too easy. I need the thrill of the adrenaline rushing that I'm pursuing something or someone. That is where the problem is. Because this is my prey. I like I like what he said. And, and <laughs> let me tell you, it's a crude word, but I like the word he's used, which is prey. And that's how guys look at it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why I want to draw the line. There's a chick who flat out says no. And me, when I see that chick who says no, but then there's a chick who won't mm-hmm. give it up that day. Basically, she just wants you to chase. And that's why I'm saying we go back to the EQ thing where you have to sit down and assess. Situation because for me it's just like that's where persistent, persistent, unwanted sexual advances come in. It's just like where do you draw the line between uh, chase, Mm -hmm. right, which might be sexy or attractive to people. It's just like you know, let let me let me see Mm -hmm. how I can Mm -hmm. mark on this babe. Mm -hmm. Um, And then now it's just like flat on the sexual harassment. And then also with the thing about no, right? Mm -hmm. No means no. Mm. I have learned with women and Kelly I'm sure you'll back me up mm-hmm. by the time you're going to talk to a chick a chick knows if she's going with you or not yes she knows if she wants your story or she doesn't want your story it is never a gray area and if there's a gray area the gray area is let me just listen to what he says let me listen let me let him open his mouth what's the pitch what's the pitch so back to what we're saying about consent I think the first and the most obvious is that by the time you guys are talking she's a bit easy you can tell when a chick is guarded. Or when she die, I want to talk to you. And you can tell when a chick is easy. She's like, okay, fine. I actually have, like this guy's conversation. And if you're talking to her, she's almost like, oh my God, you're so funny. Mm-hmm. Then you know. <laughs> I, I, wanted, I want to let, let my audience know yes. that Nera just touched <laughs> Kelly's arm. He's illustrating. illustrating. No, it was consent sought oh. in that demonstration. No, no we are just talking about, in this particular case, <laughs> the guy has hit on the woman. Yes. He's, he's made a pass at the woman. The right. woman is actually giving... Yeah. The guy airtime, mm-hmm. and the guy makes it something funny. And Sophia, you'll be honest. When a woman touches you, it's actually affection. It's a sign of affection. She's actually she likes your vibe. It doesn't mean that you go ahead down and bang and start demanding, but she likes the story. Mm-hmm. And that is why, to my initial conversation, I do not think it is hard to read a woman. I do not think that it is ever mixed with a woman. She either wants you or she does not want you. Right. Research and testimony consistently show that most sexual harassers are male and that they primarily target women. It is possible, though much less likely, for men to be targeted by women. And in such circumstances, men's masculinity can be sharply attacked. Their experiences minimized or treated as not credible. 
let me tell you something yeah i have been raped by women not who not people i don't know but people i know in the craziest of situations and this happened in the way that um we having a good time but then women are women so i was bound to the bed but then they decided i shall become the object of their satisfaction now is this a true story hey it happened uh, when i was i was also in campus is that a true story that's the question that i asked you see <laughs> even i had a moment of doubt regarding kelly's personal experience of sexual violence it happens so naturally often we don't believe accounts of victims victims are seen as not credible and at times even deemed to be malicious the people you know and people I interacted with but then now that situation walikuwa mahanja mzimepanda juu now i'm bound to the bed i am like asking myself as a man my thing is pre-sex my friend let me not struggle kind of kind i cannot tell my boys even jokulienda i've had that situation again with a single lady she made sure she locked me in the house completely my best zangu akashinda for 3 days where i had gone i came back i could not tell them i had this experience right so now let's go to the the profession put it like this i'm always a sharply dressed guy if i speak in court in onekananiko i have the finesse of how i interact with the judges and the magistrate now i come and say uh, a client or a senior partner or senior advocate lady has been handling me in ways that are not meant to be done that is meant for my girlfriend wife or uh, my partner how do i start speaking about that wale watu watanionaje most people fear how their reputation will be so why do men not speak by friends one peer psychology if i speak about this before the rest of my peers they will be like ah hey, wacha ni nini unatuambia you get anapewa nakata eh silikuwa tamu silikuwa tamu unakataa nini mshahara ijapungua bado uko na kazi wewe mbona nikatae secondly this is my boss if i refuse i don't have a job men experiencing sexual harassment can be diminished for not being real men who can handle and take control of sexual behavior so let's talk about credibility when if i come and say i'll be saying as a lesser man that is the problem is leave alone even sexual harassment even violence somebody will be like ah ukuweza kujidefend kama mwanaume but those situations do happen so there it is so section 23 of the sexual offenses act mm-hmm. right defines sexual harassment as follows mm-hmm. Any person who being in a position of authority or holding public office who persistently makes any sexual advances or requests which he or she knows or has reasonable grounds to know are unwelcome is guilty of the offense of sexual harassment that's what I'm, I always think about especially in the context of consent reading a room reading a vibe yes. no is no no is yes is So the burden is shifting mm-hmm. from not my experience of mm-hmm. the actual advances 
feeling unwelcome to me mm-hmm. it's whether you Feel as the alleged perpetrator mm-hmm. are aware oh, that is inappropriate that it's inappropriate mm-hmm. or that it's unwelcome mm-hmm. which i find so interesting mm-hmm. because now we're looking into your mind mm-hmm. how should you know or have reasonable grounds to know mm-hmm. that your advances are unwelcome So if you don't have reasonable grounds <laughs> to know that the advance is unwelcome you get off is that is that what the law is saying Hey how do we even answer that one now Can men recognize other more subtle forms of sexual harassment that women endure Do the perpetrators even recognize these actions as sexual harassment The LSK policy gives a few examples And so I wanted to run through the examples the forms that sexual harassment can take yeah. and i want to to have a feel about what you guys think about um some of the examples that have been given by LSK so the first one is unwelcome and unnecessary physical contact hmm. yeah so we're not even talking about sex here right yeah unwelcome and unnecessary physical contact yeah mm-hmm. like do you agree with that yeah no i don't I mean look I'll give an example again not in the profession but it's outside but I feel what they're saying you know you have situations where you're out having a drink with guys mm-hmm. and like I'm saying it's that's how it's unfortunate that their guys will behave like that they remember there's a chick pal of mine who was telling me that this guy comes and this guy can see that this chick is not interested in him mm-hmm. but then this guy for whatever reason he gets aroused I guess she's a pretty girl he, yeah it happens he gets aroused and he's taking her hand and basically feeling himself does that make sense oh absolutely oh yeah definitely yes. so terrible that is improper it's cru- physical it's, it's crude it's yeah. so crude it's crude yes so you can't uh, come on man <laughs> yeah all right or just like a little uh, like a rub on your yeah. thighs rub on your thighs look at it when you're in court okay our courts are small i have no problem with that but then you find an advocate is pushing himself this close from the back of of a Kelly's, lady Kelly's Kelly's oh hands God. are really close together you trust me but it's true it's it's yeah. Baka, you, you it's like when you go to the bank we had this habit oh thank god for covid yeah covid has helped us you you're next in the teller but then some guy is and is a dude and you're a dude somebody a cop on you mark you go hug unajuliza what is this nonsense what is this and you're like so i'm trying to imagine it I'm a man and I'm feeling this uncomfortable. Feel right. Then how will a lady, a right. woman feel right. when that is happening? So just sometimes you're like, man, there are sometimes you have to react according back I have to elbow somebody. Because I'm like, hey, my friend, kuna 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 mali umekuja. Hey, Buddha. Right. Like there's personal hey. space. Yeah, the, that space is being invaded so quickly. But right. yes, I do agree about that unwelcome kind of things. Yes. The the next example is transmission of sexual material including photos, videos mm. and pinups. That one is one of the most common form of harassment that exists. When sh- uh, the advocate insists on getting the number, the first thing he sends on WhatsApp is some gruesome, disgusting sexual image. So you're like, my friend, I know you want to get the chick but then become like the olden ways. How do you ha- I want to say something <laughs> so inappropriate. Why why are sending pics? Don't look that good. They feel good. <laughs> Sorry, wow. moving on simply. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, it's just like why are sending pics? Hmm. This is my thing. 
Why? Why? When did this become the manner in which you're trying to get a babe? But then when did this become a thing? What the f***? Like why is it? And it has become such normal behavior. Mm-hmm. So now I got a, I got a, a tip. <laughs> Pun intended. Yeah. I got, I got a. <laughs> Excuse the pun. <laughs> I got a tip from 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 these late night comedy shows that I watch because I watch a lot of late night comedy shows. Mm-hmm. And the thing was, just send back a mm-hmm. pic. Right. So I'm waiting for to send me a pic. Yeah. Just so that I can go yes. and get a random and send it back to him. Alright. Just so like two two can play that game now. Yeah. Let's just yeah. all be uncomfortable. Mm. How about you look at some that you don't wanna see? Consent was not sorted at that point. Me the question I asked myself and just to your point. What the hell is wrong with you as a guy? Like and I'm not saying look, I'm saying there in there are situations in which guys do it. But at that time, like you're saying, there's consent. Maybe even you guys are already Shagging, for lack of a better word. Maybe there's already a story going on. Yes. Right. That one, we'll leave it outside there. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about this situation. Oh, yeah. Where you've gotten somebody's number, the first thing you do is flag, flood her with right. 10 pictures. Ah, come on, man. What about um, WhatsApp groups? Because <laughs> um, we have come to learn about mm-hmm. uh, certain... WhatsApp groups uh, and all the members of yes. the WhatsApp groups are, mm. of, of those groups are lawyers. Mm. And then the, the the whole idea of the WhatsApp group is to share yeah. sexually explicit content. Uh-huh. It also happens from the women's side, in the women groups. Like I've been shown, not screenshots, like I'm sitting with my chick pals and they open a group and, you know, they're discussing about guys. They're discussing about everything you can possibly think about. When it comes to guys, the same thing guys are talking about is the same thing women are talking about. Right. Of course, that WhatsApp group is in the context of pals, right? It's mm-hmm. not like an open WhatsApp mm-hmm. group. But it's a group where you have different lawyers yes. in yes. different fields, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and this kind of content is being shared. If if you're a woman in that group, for example, mm-hmm. would you can you claim that that you know you've been sexually harassed because you're in a group where sexually explicit material has been shared, or the fact that you're in that group and you haven't left, sort of. I don't believe that story of not leaving then makes you complicit. I think right. it's more of if you're going to have a group of Mombasa lawyers, Nairobi lawyers, keep it for that specific purpose. It is not a social group. Mm. It is not about hanging out. Yeah. It is not about disco. It's not even about posting where the new disco is. Mm. It's about talking about legal issues. Yeah. Because if we're going to be very honest and we're going to, if you're going to be strict about it, that WhatsApp group mm-hmm. for lawyers is now our workplace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If us guys are take, taking on what yeah. us guys have discussed. Interesting. Because you have said that our officers are not confined mm-hmm. to yes. the right. four walls. Yeah. Right. You have the registries, you have court, mm-hmm. you have, uh, what are they called? CPDs. Yeah. You have all these things. So it's not confined mm-hmm. to that space. Right. So this becomes now a workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something that I, as we continue with these examples, mm-hmm. there's something that I don't want to miss mm-hmm. um, in this policy, which was very, very, very controversial. 
So it says reports of uh, workplace sexual harassment and bullying must be made in good faith. Mm. Any person determined to have intentionally made a false claim, acts maliciously, offers false statements or refuses to cooperate with an investigation regarding any process in this policy will be treated as having committed an act of professional misconduct. Because this was a thing that came up quite a bit yeah. uh, as a concern. In fact, in the history of LSK, no complaint as far as we know, mm-hmm. of sexual harassment. Yet we know that this thing exists, exists yeah. right? However, that was a concern from many members saying that, you know, complaints can be made and they're malicious and they're mm-hmm. false and it's meant to tarnish somebody's career. Mm-hmm. But where is the place of believability? Mm-hmm. How, what is the evidence that you are going to tender mm-hmm. to support the allegations for sexual harassment? I'll be honest with you, Sophia. And I'm not speaking about the profession. I'm speaking from a general perspective. Mm-hmm. I know of situations in which somebody has lied about an encounter mm-hmm. to extort money, yeah. uh-huh. number one, and number two, to tarnish the image of the person. But how many times, if you compare that to the genuine instance? I'm going to be honest, it's maybe even 5%. Right. It's a very small, small percentage. percentage. Yes. The truth is that it is happening. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's why I'm saying we need to see both sides of the scale. Mm-hmm. Now, there's the other side that you've said that, look, there are situations in which if I can't get evidence, if I can't get text, if I can't get voice recordings, mm-hmm. if I can't get calls, then how do you prove that somebody has actually sexually harassed you? And that's the biggest question, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Because we risk having a situation where, as you've said, very many guys are going to say that it's malice. Mm-hmm. But the truth and the fact of the matter is they actually did sexually harass somebody. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. As much as there's a legitimate concern regarding the possibility of malicious complaints, the truth is a provision like this often becomes a huge deterrent for victims to come forward and report incidences of sexual harassment. I decided to throw a spanner in the works and ask this question. Do you think there's somebody out there who thinks you sexually harassed them? Me? Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Like, of course, now you know better. Yeah. But, but do you think, like, you think you've been misunderstood? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yes. And you could be, you could be a sexual harasser yourself. Oh yes, I could be like a perpetrator without even knowing it. That's mm-hmm. a possibility. Right. Because of something I did, how I acted, what I said, those kind of things. It is clear that even in the face of awareness, impunity does exist. And addressing the imbalance in power is part of the ongoing battle ahead. Are the people tasked with implementing the policy open to reform? Theoretically, yes. Practically. Who are the the duty bearers? Who are the duty bearers? Are they affected? Are they part of that group? Do they care? You know, the issue with that whole statement is the standard. Mm -hmm. Is the bar. Right. And it is where the bar is in our society. And if we are going to be very real about it, I think the bar is very low. I think that's where the biggest issue is in that. It's an issue of 
what is perceived to be right and what is perceived to be wrong. Mm. Like I said earlier on, the most unfortunate thing is that we speak for a very small percentage mm. of the people outside there, of the males outside there. The same way you speak for a very small percentage of the females, or maybe, or maybe actually a very large percentage of the females out there. The issue is the bar is very low. And Unacceptable behavior. Exactly. What, what, what rises to a criminal offense. Exactly. Yeah. And that is what needs to be addressed. Right. This thing is a really dicey situation. Right. Because you need to do, what is it, civil education. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You guys will need to do a lot of civil education. Who is you guys? Uh, I'm just saying whoever is implementing <laughs> it, you'll have to do a <laughs> lot, yeah. a lot of civil education. Because the truth and the fact of the matter is Kelly and I speak for a very few percentage, a very small percentage of of the people outside there. And you speak for a very small percentage of the women there. We speak for a very small percentage of the guys out there. There's a lot of civil education that will have to happen. And maybe deterrence is just the way to handle it right now Mm -hmm. so that I know, hey, if I do this to this chick, this is going to follow. I'm going to be disbarred or whatever happens is going to happen. Maybe that is how to look at it just now, deterrence. But deterrence is just a short-term solution. Mm -hmm. And the long-term solution is what I was talking about. I will be honest with you, I do not see this thing taking any, making any change in the next five years. Mm-hmm. But just the same way free primary... Ooh, that is so bleak. I'm just like, God. <laughs> but the same way free mm. primary education did not make an impact in 2008, after five years after its inception, when you look at it now, you see the impact that free primary education had. And that's how I look at it. It's not going to have an effect in the next five years. But we're thinking in 2040 because it's a generational thing. Mm. And that's what we need to be real with. What you guys are doing is that you're putting in place a policy that is going to have far-reaching implications. And 20 years down the line, Mm -hmm. we will be those seniors we are talking about. Mm. But what you want to do is sit down and say, you know what? We sat down, we passed a policy that was very unpopular um, 20 years ago but see what it has done. Right. You'll have people who, this is a norm. Mm. They got into, they got admitted to the bar knowing very well that there was a sexual harassment policy in place. Right. And you know how you join a workplace and you have to f- sign policies? Communication, yes. Nini, yes. sexual harassment policy one of them, yeah. is one of the things that they'll have to sign. Mm-hmm. Right. So, the people who are going to listen to whatever we are saying there are people who are going to read whatever you guys have done, the document you've come up with, and they're going to be this a lot of BS. But the truth is, 20 years down the line, that if I do this, I'm going to end up here. Right. This conversation obviously cannot be exhausted in one sitting. In the next episode, we will explore the role of human resources in shaping this conversation. How are workplace disputes involving sexual harassment actually resolved and what do we do about the touchy subject of consensual sexual conduct between colleagues we will leave this conversation with some of the closing thoughts from our generous guests i keep on telling people especially i'm saying men i keep on telling men when you do this to a woman what you even don't talk about a if you get a daughter, that's exactly what's going to happen to her. Uh-huh. Do you think it is fair? That's all I keep on asking, guys. Do you think it is fair? If you think it's fair, then you're going to curse again. Then you're messed. Mm. 
and wewe uzaidiwa but for many of the guys i have actually asked that question it is a very simple answer it is not right so why do you think that it is right for somebody else mm. but it is not right for you mm. right for your daughter but if i was to even reflect on episode 1 mm-hmm. of this mm-hmm. dear law podcast series mm-hmm. if you remember this testimonial right mm-hmm. is that the the senior lawyer who had started hitting on this young lawyer yes was seated right next to his daughter mm-hmm. but you see and that- you know what i mean it's just like yeah my own child is right here yes of a similar age yeah to the person i'm harassing but he didn't give a f- but you know the saddest thing is what sofia that guy hasn't even thought about it yeah that's the saddest thing mm. is that level of impunity yeah. that you can even or even doing it in front of your family member no but if you ask him and your peers as in yes. it's just like it's a lawyer conference it's yeah. at dinner time so yeah. everybody's having dinner together yeah. yes. so people come with their families and even then mm-hmm. it's just like homie i i hear you where you guys are coming from um but i i think that we this is a conversation that clearly we need more more time to reflect but is that <laughs> reflection right that introspection is just like mm-hmm. shame on me how can i do that shame on me can you final remarks hey clearly final remarks when you're discussing the issue about consent i just um, i think this is a tip i picked from life or from my observation in school and whatnot if a woman is interested in you now let's go into the psychology of how women react first and foremost she will look at you mm-hmm. if she's not interested at you kitumoja atalengeo story angalia kwingine secondly there's something most people will not notice is unless you're very detailed mm-hmm. if somebody's interested in what you're saying and you're seated next to them their shoes will point towards where you are this podcast was produced by me sofia rajabetapen and Lee Kanyotu. Uh, come on, I'm even looking at our no, shoes. No, 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 no. No, I'm just saying, I said next. Are you looking at mm-hmm. my, are you looking uh-huh. at my legs? Yo, yo, yo. I'm not looking at you. You too. Uh-uh. Nice. <laughs> I'm just saying, Roger, it's something I have observed. Uh-huh.